This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. Hey there, America. How you doing? I'm Leslie Marshall, and he is Brad Van, and I am on the West Coast. He is on the East, and we're all cooler today than spring should be. Happy Friday, and welcome or welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio, co-hosting every second hour normally on Friday. But today we had to move some stuff around. Brad Bannon is in the house, third hour, co-hosting with me. Now, Brad, as you know, not only is a co-host every Friday, hour two with me, he sits in for me as a fill-in. He also is president and CEO running Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling, message development, and media firm that help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too, Leslie. I hope you're uh, warmer in Los Angeles than it is here in Boston. We're having another bout with winter here. Yeah, I heard that you guys got snow this morning. It's cold for us here. It's 59 degrees outside of the studio in Los Angeles, which is cold Uh, for L.A. this time of year. Yeah, it is. We got down to the uh, high 30s last night. Ah, well, we're still, tonight we'll be uh, 20 degrees above where you guys are at but um you know and at least don't be as cold tonight compared to the day because one of the things about los angeles people forget or don't know is it's a desert which means it's hot in the day and cold at night so you can literally be it can be you know 90 degrees in the day and 60 at night and let me tell you or 65 25 30 degree drop (laughs) it's noticeable (laughs) yeah well here it's cold in the day and cold at night (laughs) yes 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 well we're this is cold for us i actually have my hands around my hot coffee because i'm freezing we have the heat on in the studio today uh in los angeles which is uh i don't even have to use the heat in the studio in, in winter necessarily but we're not talking about weather even though everybody loves to talk about and complain about weather. It's one thing I noticed internationally. Wherever I've traveled or uh, lived uh, throughout the world, people always complain about the weather. They always want, you know, when it's cold, they want, oh, it's, I want it to be warm. In the summer, everybody will complain about it being hot, right? It's so damn humid. It's so hot. Yeah, we complain about everything. Reminds me, uh, during the 2012 presidential campaign, uh, I used to say about Romney that uh, Romney's like the New England weather. Uh, just wait 15 minutes and the weather will change. Oh, yeah. And his opinion on something yeah. as well. Kind of like Rand Paul's doing these days. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, he's doing a lot of that. Yeah. So is, wait five uh, years. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk uh, about Hillary Clinton. Um, the Clinton campaign her presidential campaign and team surely anticipated there would be a lot of criticism, a lot of questions about a lot of things. And one thing we know that would be put through the ringer is the Clinton Foundation and the big foreign donors in any alleged, actual, or perceived conflict of interest, uh, not just with the Clinton Foundation, but any charities run by uh, the the Clinton family. Um, there's a new book that is uh, out called Clinton Cash, the untold story of how and why foreign governments and businesses 
helped make Bill and Hillary rich. It's uh, actually not out yet. I mean, some people have read it, so some people have copies. Uh, it comes out May 5th, around the corner. Peter Schweitzer uh, is the author. So first of all, let's talk about this guy in this book. And this is, uh, this is kind of typical for somebody to put something out, right? Former Obama administration or staffers have written books before he was up for re-election. I mean, th- this is pretty typical you know, for people to do, right? Kiss and tell, if you will. Oh, it is, and you'll see a lot of that between now and November next year during the presidential election. My guess is there are going to be countless books about uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, probably books about uh, whoever wins the Republican nomination next year. So, yeah, get used to it. They're on their way. What do you know about Peter Schweitzer? Well, uh, he clearly hacks and asks, acts to grind. Uh, he's a conservative Republican, uh, had worked for uh, George W. Bush, uh, and clearly has an axe to grind. Uh, he is a conservative Republican. He doesn't like Hillary's politics. And so he has fabricated this little fable uh, about her financial relationships. Even Schweitzer had admitted yesterday that he got a lot of the details in the book wrong. And it seems to me a classic case of, you know, Schweitzer came to conclusions, then developed the facts to fit his conclusions rather than doing it the other way around. Uh, and uh, there, there have been countless examples of mistakes he's made in the book. He's admitted that himself. And so, you know, why believe any of it? He's obviously someone who has an axe to grind against Hillary Clinton. Uh, she's fair game. Everybody comes at Hillary Clinton almost every day. And, you know, the reality is it doesn't have an impact on the American public at all. Uh, they, Americans, you know, it, they, under, they see constant Hillary attacks, and they've learned to ignore them over the years. And, you know, she is pretty much uh, attack-proof at this point in her professional career because it may be the emails, it may be Benghazi. Benghazi is actually a very good example. Uh, or this book, Americans just don't believe it anymore. People have been attacking her since she became First Lady in 1992. People realize that. They also realize that all the years she's been attacked, she really has never been nailed for anything. So uh, when something like this comes up or this week they announce they're going to have yet another set of Benghazi feelings, voters look at it and say, ah, yeah, the Republicans are out to get her, and because they are. Well, also, the people that hate her and aren't going to vote for her Already aren't going to already hate her and aren't going to vote for her, and this book isn't going to change that. The people that love her and are going to vote for her, this book is not going to change that. And I don't think that the smaller population of those two numbers, the independent, centrist, undecided, moderate, don't want to call themselves any, or aren't happy with Republicans or Democrats, and certainly are completely undecided, although a small amount can sway and possibly will sway. Um, or, you know, we'll, we'll be the swing voter voters, if you will, of the election. But I don't think this vote, I mean, maybe this book would make one person not vote for her or, you know, you know, not feel about her as favorably. But this book is not going to, ha- you know, help a Republican win. And it's certainly not going to be what makes her lose if she were to lose. Well, yeah, I absolutely agree. And actually, uh, I think this book and the new set of Benghazi hearings 
actually help Hillary Clinton uh, because it just shows two things about the Republican. Uh, they're, go they're out to get Hillary Clinton. They don't care what the facts are. They're going to go and get her. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, voter, you know, she has answered these attacks all during her professional political career, uh, and they never amount to anything. And I think the other problem that causes for the Republicans, they never talk about what their vision for the nation is or the presidency. I mean, they spend their time, and this is I'm referring to Republican Congress, uh, presidential candidates, they spend all their time beating up Hillary Clinton. They never talk about what their vision is for the nature. Uh, and the reality is, if they this campaign is just beating up Hillary Clinton, I guarantee you uh, the Republican nominee, whoever it is, will lose next year. Well, the other thing is, help me to understand, because you have most definitely, you know, worked on campaigns, you know, much more so than I have. And you know about donations. If, I mean, the Clinton Foundation, although it involves both her and Bill, it is a philanthropic foundation. And it really was her husband's thing that he started when he finished being president. And although they're married and although, you know, she's been on the board and, you know, or still is on the board and has worked on it, um, it does that become a different situation than if it was just her thing? And I say that because, I mean, what if you're a Kennedy and somebody gives money to a Kennedy foundation? You know, sometimes names like a Kennedy or Clinton have a number of foundations and offshoots of foundations is she really supposed to be held responsible for every single person that writes a check to those uh, said organizations? Uh, well, the short answer is no. Uh, while she was Secretary of State, she reclused herself from any relationship with the foundation. And, you know, let's look at some of these donations. Uh, one of the donations and questions, I think, uh, came from uh, Muammar Gaddafi. Uh, before he was uh, overthrown. Right, but she uh, wanted him overthrown, and she that was one of the th accomplishments of Secret as Secretary of State, even though people want to say what they want to say about Benghazi. She, she was pushing heavily uh, to liberate uh, the, the country and the people of Libya and really pushed President Obama hard on that. So she might have been one of, if not the final nail, in, in Gaddafi's uh, coffin, if you will. So, you know, that and, and also Gaddafi was a friend of the United States at one time. We, we do that, right? Saddam Hussein's another. We have people in our lives uh, in the past uh, diplomatically that were allies and then became great enemies and sometimes came out, became allies again or your enemies became allies and then enemies again, such as the case was with Gaddafi. Well, you're right. Uh, Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, pushed very hard uh, for the United States to take an aggressive role in getting rid of them. And the other thing that's interesting about this issue is what did the Clinton Foundation, you know what the Clinton Foundation, I think it was $500,000, I'm not sure the exact amount, but do you know what the Clinton Foundation did with the $500,000 they got from Libya and Muammar Gaddafi? No. Uh, they used it uh, to uh, uh, help people in Haiti who had been, uh, you know, displaced by, you know, one of the hurricanes. 
And I mean, it went, you know, it went to poor people in Haiti who didn't have a place to live, didn't have anything to eat. Uh, and they well, and, and that's the other thing I was going to say. Even if Satan wrote a check to the Clinton Foundation, if they used that money to help poor people, feed poor people, help to try and eradicate AIDS, which some people would say on the continent of Africa, the reduction of AIDS overall, uh, Bill Clinton had a huge uh, role in doing that with his name and his ability to raise money and get money and be able to write checks from that organization. Um, you, you know, this 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 is not going in her campaign coffer. No, it isn't. It's not even going to anybody's you know coffer. Uh, it, uh, somebody writes a check to the Clinton Foundation, uh, and then they write a check to the you know, Red Cross or whoever is in charge of uh, uh, you know flood hurricane relief in Haiti. Uh, and this, you know they've spent millions of dollars on projects like that, uh, helping uh, people who have been you know displaced by major storms, uh, helping people who are uh, because of wars in their country. I mean, they've spent millions of dollars helping a lot of people all over the world. And, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, if Muhammad Takafi wants to give the foundation $500,000 so they can uh, feed people in Haiti uh, or house them, hey, you know, knock yourself out. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. We're co-hosting Hour 3 here on the show today. Hour 2 with me. Pick up the phone and join us. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. This new book that's coming out, Clinton Cash, the untold story of how and why foreign governments and businesses helped make Bill and Hillary rich by Peter Schweitzer. Will this new book dent Hillary Clinton's chances? Or the emails? Or Benghazi? We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon co-hosting this hour here on the only true democracy in talk radio. Uh, let's take some calls and uh, let's start it out in New York online five with, uh, oh, I think, am I going in the right order here? Am I going in the right order here? Uh, yes. Greg Hello? in New York online five. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Happy Friday. Hey, Leslie. Nice to join you and Brad this afternoon. Um, I wanted to highlight the control that Wall Street has over Hillary Clinton, and I'm going to do that through uh, two measures. Uh, one is the 1999 Financial Services Modernization Act, which uh, essentially wiped out Glass-Steagall and uh, unified uh, investment banks and commercial banks and kind of created this casino economy. Also, the Commodities Future Modernization Act, which legalized derivatives, and uh, we all know where that led to. Uh, the basic point of this all being that if we're going to get – I know Hillary's running on some kind of progressive tone, and I think you can see the control that Wall Street has, and you're not going to get that. And what, what we really need is the way to get these derivatives banned, and the best way to do that is through a 1% Wall Street sales tax. Uh, Brad? Can I get in? I'd like to say something about this, Leslie. Yes, Brad. Uh, uh, the things you cited uh, were – laws passed by Congress that her husband signed, Bill Clinton. She did not sign the repeal of Glass-Siegel. She did not sign the other bill. Uh, They were things that uh, were done by the then President of the United States, Bill Clinton. And I don't – that's what the Republicans are trying to do, is basically blame Hillary for a lot of the stuff uh, that that Bill Clinton did when he was President. And it's just not fair. I'm glad you said that, Brad, because I've heard questions about Monica Lewinsky on numerous occasions, how much Bill makes at a speaking engagement, 
And uh, not not to mention the Clinton Foundation and people that might have written, written checks to the Clinton Foundation because of him. He is a bigger name than she is. And and even things like NAFTA. Um, so, Greg, in New York, our caller, I, I would like to ask you, is it really fair? I mean, my husband and I are two different individuals who may have the same last name in real life and have the same address and sleep in the same bed. But I shouldn't be held responsible for his actions, nor he mine. Uh, I, I, I understand what you guys are saying, and uh, I'm certainly not coming at it from a Republican tone, just to highlight that. But um, well, I think that you know, Hillary served on, uh, on Walmart's board. I think you'll see that there really isn't too much of a difference there. I don't think you were looking well, Wait a minute. You're saying there's not too much from. of a difference between Bill and Hillary? Correct. I think, well, not so, in the sense that where the, the, the message is coming from. It's well, not you know so much what? I, you know what, then? What I would like. Over, but, Greg, what I would like, in the matter of fairness, since you're not coming at this from a Republican standpoint, I would like right. to know every single wife on the GOP side's job, every single charity that they both, male and female, are involved with. And if you don't like something one of the wives does on the right, yeah. or if Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders were to run their spouses, that they are grouped with their spouse and linked with their spouse with the same brain, mind, heart, and soul uh, you know, ideas and concepts – uh, you know, as we are doing with the, the Clintons, because, you know, the, the, to me, the, that's nothing but sexism. And that that to me, it, 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 it is it, it is sexism. I can hear my crew going. It's not sexism. We'll be back. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. I'm in L.A. He is in Boston. And who are you? Uh, we are going to continue with the calls. Um, uh, Brad, we're going to let Greg finish up and uh, take some more calls. But I had something I wanted to ask you. Greg in New York on line five. Uh, I know you had uh, something else you wanted to add uh, because we had to go to break. Go ahead. Finish up. Oh, uh, yeah. Just real quickly. Uh, just another evidence of this is the uh, hiring of Gary Gensler as the uh, uh, campaign um, financial advisor. Uh, he was uh, overseeing derivatives trading and uh, very much asleep at the wheel. So just something to highlight the Wall Street interest at play. And also, um, just to use well, another Wait, example, I want to ask you something. Greg, I want to ask you yeah. something. I want to ask you something. You said you don't come at this from a Republican point of view, okay? It, it would seem, at least right. at the moment, that the Democratic nominee is going to be Hillary Clinton because there's nobody else. Um, and even if there is somebody else, it would still pretty much seem that way. She has numbers that are unprecedented historically uh, as far as percentage of not just Democrats that will vote for her, uh, but I mean I mean, just how much of a, a lead she has over this Republican field, and of course it's early. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, that Hillary Clinton is the Democratic nominee, and pick any one of the 17 to 19, you know, bozos on the right there. Who do you vote for? Uh, I, I don't know how long this country can take the lesser of two evils. I, I really don't. I, I think, understand. Uh, I understand, and yeah. I understand the power of one person. Um, right. And I and right. I understand the mountain coming to you know Muhammad or Moses or whoever you want to say, but the, the, at the end of the day, right now, the way our political system is set up, and the amount of money involved, both people on both platforms are going to have Wall Street interest. We may not like it, but that's a reality. Well, I think I mean if you if you just want to ask me between the two, I, I think it's irrelevant who you would vote for as far as who has what Wall Street has. I don't think I, I think it's irrelevant. Yeah, but I do think that there are people out there, and and one group in particular is the Tax Wall Street Party, and they are looking for a one percent tax on Wall Street turnover. So if you do want to flip this mountain, I think that's the way to do it. I mean, you don't need some great you know Goliath to do it, but if you can push that message, that's how you claw back these derivative losses and. Uh, 
Well, it's interesting because Hillary actually was attacking and calling out Wall Street and one percenters last week and getting a lot of crap by Republicans for it because she is a one percenter. Brad um, and Greg, Greg, thank you for your call. What do you think about the one percent tax and and also any comment you want to make on on Hillary's attack of Wall Street? Well, first of all, uh, Greg has apparently forgotten uh, that when Hillary Clinton was first lady, uh, she led the fight uh, for the most progressive piece of social legislation uh, we had had since the New Deal, which was a health care program, uh, which even had more government involvement in health care reform than the Obama plan did. It was one of the most progressive things that came out of any Democratic presidential administration since Franklin Roosevelt or LBJ. Uh, in terms of the 1% tax, yeah, uh, I think uh, Wall Street uh, gets off easy on taxation. For instance, a classic example is if you run a hedge fund and you make profits off the hedge fund, you get taxed 10%. Uh, whereas, you know, somebody else, uh, maybe a secretary working in the hedge front office, you know, may pay 25 or 30 percent of her taxes or his taxes. Uh, it's just not fair. And Wall Street, is, you know, gets a big break on taxes, and it shouldn't happen. And I agree with uh, Hillary Clinton last week uh, when she said Wall Street has to be taken down a notch. Um, I, Brad, I want to ask you uh, something else before we go to our callers, because you're a man. Okay, but we're last time I checked. We're both strong Hillary supporters. Um, Before the break, we were talking uh, with Greg, and he pointed out legislation that Bill Clinton, not Hillary, had signed into law. He pointed out philosophies and beliefs that Bill Clinton held that he would easily attribute to Hillary, and you know we both called him out on that and brought that to his attention. And then I said going into break that it's sexist. And my crew unknowingly had the, uh, the, uh, the button that connects us uh, on, you know, so it's one of the, what a bitch she is. I can hear that, you know, but, and they were like, it's not sexist. Wait, wait, you know? wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. We never said what you just said. I'm joking. I'm joking. Whoa, you're going to make people think we're just terrible human beings. Oh, God, no. Well, let me knew, wait a minute. Let me finish. They knew, they knew I was joking. And then, and then I hear Marco, it's not sexist. So I, Brad, I want to ask you, do you believe... When, when Hillary has legislation that was signed by Bill Clinton, opinions held by Bill Clinton, questions about Monica Lewinsky, questions about what Bill Clinton makes, and comments about whether or not, written in the L.A. Times, she uses Botox, etc., well, sad? you just threw the Botox thing in just oh, now. Oh, don't throw it. Take the I'm Botox. Take the Botox you're really, thing you're, She's really expanding her argument here. Just stretch well, it. Well, go to the corner, Mark. You were, you were a bad boy, bad producer. So, 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 so Brad, Brad, do you feel – okay, j- just what Greg said. Do you feel it's sexist? As a woman, I'm going to be upfront and, and honest, as I said before the break. I, I, I'm going to reiterate this again. I feel it's sexist because we don't hear comparisons – to other men, and there are plenty of men out there in politics who have wives in politics, um, as to what those women may have signed into law on a state level or even a national level have voted for or, or what they uh, believe attributed to them simply because they're married. Well, absolutely. And So wait a minute, Brad, let me be clear. So you agree with me that this comes from a sexist place. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. Thank you. A good example is what Rand Paul is doing. Rand Paul is essentially running around the country saying, well, Hillary couldn't, you know, 
keep her own husband uh, in line, so how's he going to keep the nation in line? That is sexist. Blaming Hillary for things that her husband did is sexist. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I abs- absolutely. I was, you know, and I've said it to you before, and I'll say it again. It drives me crazy. I wish I had advised her with the with the uh, Diane Sawyer interview when she was asked about Monica. I would have said, you know, Diane, I'm offended that a strong, intelligent, professional woman such as yourself would ask me not only about what should have been a very private matter between my husband and I, but something that was my husband's doing. And not mine. And and when they asked her about how much her husband makes for a speaking engagement, I would have reminded her that I'm not him. They're not writing the check to me. They're writing it to him. You have to speak to him about that. I'm here to talk to you about a book that I wrote. You know, I'm and, and this is what, you know, bo- bothers me. Not that there's a complete, you know, severing, but seriously, I mean, is she going to be held responsible for every single thing that Bill Clinton did? If so, they should just put her into the White House right now because if the election were held today, Bill Clinton would win. That's a good point, Leslie. Bill Clinton is a very popular ex-president. Yep. He's a hell of a lot more popular than George W. Bush is. Yes. Yep, and the poll, and that's not just our opinion. That's polls. All right, let's yeah. get back to the calls. 888-6-LESLIE-888. Let's go to Jeff in Missouri, line two. Jeff, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for joining us. Uh, um, well, first off, there has been comments. First off, before my main comment about the book. There has been comments made about McCain's age and John Boehner's skin tone and all that stuff. Well, John Boehner's not running for president, and, oh, absolutely, McCain's age has been talked about. Reagan's age was talked about. Hillary's age is talking about. But I don't feel the age is sexist. I do feel comparisons to her husband and comments about her physical appearance, the way she dresses, her weight, articles in L.A. Times about Botox. I feel all of that is sexist. But I also feel it's sexist when people like Greg Earlier – want to attribute something her husband signed into law or an opinion he holds to her. Well, I, well, to finish up, I just hope when when things get down to the final two candidates, which will probably be Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton, those are the two establishment party candidates. Actually, as of today, I don't know if it'll be Bush. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, hello? Yes. Yeah, but uh, a comment about this book. Uh, yeah. One, I don't think this guy is partisan because I... So he said he's going after Jeb Bush next, and there's plenty of time for that book to come out before the election. Well, first of all, he did work, in fact, work in Republican campaigns his whole life. So I think that makes him a partisan Republican. But Yeah, but he's also coming out with a uh, book. He said he's uh, going after Jeb Bush, and, and there's plenty of time for that book to come out before the election. So he says. So he says. Yeah, it takes about it takes a good you know year to you know write and get. I mean, it's pretty much the cycle of a year if you're going to write a book and get it out there. We'll yeah, see. Also, I just wish the media would do its homework on this. Like they went and uh, uh, met Romney's uh, background when he ran. Uh, they, I, I don't. I don't understand what you're saying. Are you saying that you don't think he's partisan because he claims to be nonpartisan and he's going to write a book about Jeb Bush? Or do you say that? Hey, we already admitted at the beginning of this hour that it's very common for people to write books about people who are running, especially. But the books don't take the candidates down. I'm just saying instead of writing everything off as just some right-wing scandal attempt, actually look into it instead of just writing it off. Oh, so I, no, I see, but we also discussed that as well. I don't know when in the hour you tuned in. Yeah, because well, uh, 
uh, the reality is a lot of the facts in this book are just completely wrong and fabricated. I'm not denying it is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I just wish more instead of the, the saying it's conspiracies or anything like that. Because if this was reversed, if this was a book about the uh, Rubio, uh, Rubio Foundation or a uh, Cruz Foundation, I think it would be a different tone from the media that's protecting Hillary. Brad, I want to can I say one thing, Leslie? One sec, Mark. One sec. Wait, wait, wait. Guys, guys. Being that I am part of the uh, media that you feel protects Hillary, um, and, and I support her and I want her to be my next president, I wanted her to be my last president, um, but I disagree with you totally. If a book was written about Rubio and if a book was written about any of the other guys on the right that are you know, saying they're going to run or have formed you know, committees to look into running – no, I wouldn't. I don't put much weight in these books. I don't have a lot of respect, first of all, for people that kiss and tell, work for somebody, and then write a book left or right, uh, personally. And in, in addition to that, uh, most of these books end up having a lot of non-factual, uh, you know, pieces of information, as this book does. And at the end of the day, left or right, no book written about anybody has, uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, has ever taken anybody down. And it won't this time either. Uh, first of all, let me disagree with the basic premise. My reading is the media has been raking Hillary Clinton on the co- over the coals since 1992. Uh, you know, that's cruel and unusual punishment in my book. Uh, and the reality is Americans don't care. Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. I don't, even again, Brad, we talked about that. Americans that hate or care and Americans that don't, don't. And please, Mark, you wanted to weigh in. Go ahead. I the the thing that I, I don't understand and and maybe Brad you know I think Brad's the best person to answer this because he works as a political strategist as his career is the attack uh, on Hillary here is that she did not properly account for all of the funding that the Clinton Foundation received that's one of the attacks anyway and now they're correcting that okay. So my question is, if, if she was accounting for a majority of it and is now correcting it, and they're complaining about, I don't know, let's even say it was as high as 5%, okay, it wasn't accounted for properly, that's for a charity. What about the fact that Jeb Bush, for instance, has an anonymous, huge corporate-funded political action, action committee, and none of it is accounted for, and he's not being asked to account for it? The, the thing I don't understand is, aren't the Republicans kind of, shooting themselves in the foot because they're bringing up accountability for where you're getting your money from, Brad? Yeah, I think they're shooting themselves in the foot for the reason that you just mentioned, uh, because, you know, you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And the other reason is the more they talk about Hillary and the more they attack her, the more people the people who are going to make a difference in the presidential election are thinking, these guys don't have anything to say. The best they can do is beat up on Hillary Clinton. And just as an example of that, uh, CNN released a national poll uh, this week that they did last week um, after the email controversy uh, and uh, and her announcement. Uh, She was leading all the Republican candidates for presidents by double digits. She was at the low end. She was ahead of Marco Rubio by 14 points. At the high end, she was ahead of Ted Cruz by 24 points. And Americans just don't care about these manufactured Hillary scandals. They just don't care. And they backfire on the Republicans, but they can't stop themselves. Brad, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, because Mark's talking about the specifics of this allegation. 
if you know when they talk about her Hillary, you know, being accountable, you know, and, and saying like, you know, you know, not having the the correct uh, number of people, et cetera. That information is given, you know, she says to an assistant who says to an assistant goes over to the Clinton Foundation from an accountant or somebody who's handling books. In other words, she she probably is reporting information that and I'm trying to make excuses for her, but anybody in this position. They're not. They're not looking through a spreadsheet and going. Well, we don't want them to know these people gave money. I, yeah, I might be very clear on that. Yeah, they probably have some accountant who works as a foundation who does all that. Uh, and you know, the reality is, uh, the Republicans are barking up the wrong tree here, and they're going to pay for it politically. And I'm going to be glad to see it. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back, and when we come back, more of your calls. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Don't go away. We are back. Welcome or welcome back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon, and we're going to take more of your calls. Let's go to Felix in New Mexico, Line 4. Hey, Felix, how you doing? Happy Friday. Hi, uh, Brad and Leslie. I, I think you, Brad knows me. I'm, uh, my name is Felix from New Mexico. I'm a U.S. citizen from Sri Lanka. Actually, hey, I know I, you too, have, Felix. You've called yeah, my show I before. Two, yeah, I have two comments. I'm a registered independent. I don't like Hillary, but I'm going to vote for her. You know why? Because of the Supreme Court's nomination, that's the only reason I'm going to vote for her. Because if, if a Republican comes in, they are going to screw up the Supreme Court, we'll be in trouble. That's the only reason I'm going to vote for her, um, because of the Supreme Court nominations. That's all. Okay. Um, Brad, you want to weigh in? Well, I think uh, there are a lot of people who feel that way. You know, I've noticed just in what I look, see on the internet since Hillary announced is I think a lot of progressives who, who were hoping that she'd get an aggressive primary challenge from somebody like Elizabeth Warren or somebody like that have realized that Hillary's going to be our nominee and she will be whether you like it or not because actually most all dem, practically all Democrats want her to be the nominee but the reality is that uh, now people are making the same point our caller made. Well, you know, if we let the Republicans uh, win the White House, uh, we're going to have an even worse Supreme Court than we have now. You know, the president makes a difference, and the people that the president puts into place in places of power makes a big difference, especially on the Supreme Court. And I think a lot of people are recognizing that. All right. Thank you. Eight okay, eight eight. Oh, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Felix. Uh, thank you. Appreciate your call and appreciate your opinion. Let's go to Santa Fe on line five with Kevin. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Good afternoon. Yeah, I was kind of upset with you about not calling that guy on whether the reporter was who wrote uh, Clinton Cash was partisan. No, we did. And Actually, Brad did. Brad specifically said that that man worked for numerous Republican campaigns. Well, also, um, many of the stories Drake did in Media Matters, and every single article or book this guy has wrote has been a partisan attack, which has been proven. Yeah, but, but who cares? Who ca- I mean, that's common sense, don't you think? Somebody's going to write a book against Hillary. Whoever writes a book against any of the GOP people is going to come from the left. Yeah, it just sounded like you were saying, like, doing it like climate change well the debate is still out there is he no 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 you obviously weren't listening brad clearly said brad is co-hosting with me today and brad clearly said that this author has worked on numerous republican campaigns 
The caller said, then, if you want uh, me to go back verbatim, we can play the tape or I can just tell you the paraphrased segment. Uh, then the caller said, no, he's supposedly going to write a book on Jeb Bush. And Brad and I kind of chuckled and went, yeah, right. Like, where, where's the book? Yeah, and Jerome, of course, he's going to attack Ted Cruz. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you know, okay, I could be wrong. Um, I just, like, I, I like that. I could that be I wrong. Could. No, you are wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, you could be right. Um, I am and, right, yeah. But, you know, the um, that's, that's really my point. Uh, uh, thank you for allowing me on to... Thank you, uh, thank you for calling in, and, and thank you for calling in, recognizing that I'm right and you were wrong. Thank you. I appreciate I'll it. say it again. <laughs> this book was. This book is a political hit job. Nobody who on the left is good. You know who on the left, unless they're you know like really in like love Joe with Joe Lieberman. Bernie, wait, no, unless they're in love with Bernie. Sa- he's not on the left. Who on the left, unless like Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, or Bernie Sanders are writing a book? <laughs> I mean, and even they, I don't think, are write a book against Hillary. Is is going to write a book against Hillary? And and again, left, right, gonna write books about the other side, and the books don't matter because they're not filled with facts and they don't take the person down. They get the other person a check. That, that's what it's about. Brad, I love you. Thank you for being with us, buddy. Have a great weekend. Mark, you're getting a timeout for today. No, I'm just joking. Mark and Andrew, have, have a great weekend. I'm Leslie Marshall. All of you have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.